0: There's another 20-year-old. Holy shit, I hate those guys. God, I hate 20-year-olds. Somebody help these 20 year It's time to figure it out, Ricky. Yeah. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. Don't fucking touch me. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're on... Coming up on the three-year anniversary of this show, Too Many Jams. Show but all things 20-year-old. And uh, I said that line... Hundreds of times now, um, it's crazy to think about uh, just how long, <laughs> how long we've been doing this. And it's funny because it started right where I'm sitting here. I'm in my um, I'm in my parents' basement. Started about three years ago, uh, right here. Before I moved out, uh, Robbie Robbie had just left London. He'd come to Toronto. We were trying to figure out what we wanted to do with our lives. And we were both lost. He just got dumped, I think. And I was working at my business, but I was falling out of love with it and was really lost career wise. And yeah, we were both, we were both, th- th- we were both just trying to figure out what to do. And we were listening to a bunch of podcasts, sending things back and forth. Just me being an overthinker, obviously just pondering what's the best. What's the best thing to do? What can we do? How are we going to figure this out? And it was actually Robbie who was like, hey, why don't we just start a podcast figuring it out? And then uh, I think I came up with the name because it was a book I would read uh, that referred to that Too Many Jams study about indecision with all the choices. And things then came together. And I we recorded episodes, I think, in November, but I don't think we released them until January Um, you know, three years ago, the coming up this January, just under three years. So yeah, it's funny that in three years, all, all that thinking, all that talking and I'm sitting in the same fucking spot. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm right back where I started. I don't have, I'm not a millionaire. I didn't my my music didn't pop off the podcast didn't pop off and we did a lot I'll, I'll tell you that for free a lot was done but yeah it's actually I don't know I was just kind of appreciating I was just appreciating that um because as much as that is the case I wouldn't trade it I think <laughs> I think it happens like that's the path you got to go through because um, I feel like I feel like for the first time um, maybe in my life I had a I've had a I kind of had a major breakthrough on on my whole philosophy and I'm I'm fundamentally changing uh, for the first time I think in my my whole life uh, on my own accord I think I've changed plenty of times because factors around me have changed and, you know, you adapt to your situation. But I think for the first time. Ah, oh, fuck. I mean, I guess COVID caused it. Shit. Yeah, I got to think about that. I got to think about that. What really caused this change? I mean, I got to give myself credit without the last three years of trying to create a to, 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 Dive into life design, like the podcast, early days of the podcast, we did learn. I'm not saying the last few years were a waste by any means. Early days of the podcast, we were figuring out what to do. That was season one, what to do. And we would ask people about what they're doing, and we would listen to podcasts, and I was reading books on it, and I was overthinking it. And then we came to the conclusion in our first year that what we should be doing is whatever the fuck. We want to do that. There, the only thing that was stopping us from doing what we wanted was fears, fears of failure. So that was a massive breakthrough in year one. And um, year, so year one, we decided that. Well, Robbie had always wanted to be a musician. Like he just loves music. Me, I like music. I, it's a big part of my life. But I never, I never thought I worked hard enough at it you know, I always had a natural kind of talent for it, but I was like, oh, people work way harder than me. But it was really just, you hear people say this about stuff all the time. Oh, I could never, people work way harder than me. As if like, you need to like go back in time and work harder from like ages eight to 16 to, to get somewhere. Some people just turn it on at a certain point, start working hard and can achieve something. Um, Some people start young and it's really just kind of a an excuse for not doing something you want to do. And I was filled with excuses and filled with fear, even though to me it seemed like, it's like, what do you mean? I've done everything I wanted. I've achieved every marker I've set out to achieve. But they were all within like kind of a construct, you know? So yeah, year one, we're just like, why not? Let's just say for the sake of experiment, we could do whatever we want. What would it be? And, uh, you know, I'd read some books that said, look at places you know you have advantages really narrow down the stuff you can't really do even though you feel like you can you know can i i'm sitting there i was like can i really be a a race car driver if i start right now you know could i really be a like the wild things that that i i also would love to be but you know could i be a red bull air race pilot i don't think so uh i would or at least it would take a it, c- it would take a considerable considerable leap to make happen like nothing's impossible but like where what what is in my realm of stuff that I I have advantages in and I can do and I really like to do and and can give me the life I want and I I settled on I didn't settle but I chose I chose music you know I said I love I love the results of music when I write a song that people like I love that. When I play a show in front of people, I love that. Um if if I were to be successful at music, I love the opportunities that gives me to you know be con- music is such a connector. People people musicians are the they can just oh they can hang with athletes, they can hang with actors, they can hang with CEOs, they can hang with um just interesting people. Um it, it really gives like for someone like me who I want to kind of I like so many things it was hard to choose one thing but if that one thing opens up the door to a lot of things and you're good at it and it can it can get you there I love that too so you know I narrowed in and I said if I you know if I could do this it would be amazing and yeah maybe I I haven't put in the child prodigy level work that some musicians have and maybe my natural talent is like holy fuck some guys just gonna discover me on youtube like justin bieber i'm gonna to have to work it's gonna be a career it's gonna be a grind um but yeah why not so we chose that so we figured out what we're gonna do in season one year one year two we figure we didn't figure anything out but we started to try to figure out how to do it that was our whole that was our whole mantra in year two Okay, cool. We know what we're doing. Hey, we're we're Travis and Robbie. You know, we got a podcast. We're in a band together and we both, you know, we do entrepreneurial shit or like work our jobs to make the money to make that happen. That's what we're doing. Let us figure it out how to do it. And we were talking to a bunch of cool people, figure out how they do their stuff. And we, try, I mean, I'm getting, I'm going to say we tried a lot, a lot of accountability exercises, planning, you know, random Instagram competitions to like challenge ourselves to, you know, go against each other, uh, and I'll run it for one week. He runs it for his week. We'll see who does like post more, gets more likes. All this shit, like overthinking to the nines about the right way to do stuff. And what's funny is that we did stuff. You know, we released an EP, we launched our band, we officially did it, and um, it took the it took a long time. And what's funny about year three of the podcast. Is we kept thinking about what to do you know it didn't really it didn't really evolve this last year um yeah, it's kind of weird, but I mean we had all the plans to year year three we had all the plans I wrote down my next evolution this exact time last year I wrote down this entire evolution based on the previous year of what I learned of basically how I think I needed to live to get there. And it's actually a lot similar to the place I'm at now. The only thing I learned this last year was, you know, the the right implementation and stuff. But uh, yeah, so we had that plan and, you know, we kind of hit the ground running and, and immediately got to work on that song, Victoria, that uh, we put out last year and we got to work on figuring out a real studio to do it in because we wanted to upgrade. We wanted to get to that next level of professionalism instead of doing it all at home, which is how we did our first album. But we didn't really evolve the podcast. I, I think we said we were going to. We said, okay, this year is now about we figured out what to do, and we did a, a bunch of experimenting. Now we know what to do, and we're just going to do it, and this is going to be us recording you know, our journey to success and... um talking to cool people along the way and, like, getting, like, their journeys to success. A couple months in, and, I mean, things weren't... Things were happening, but no faster, no better, no real new ground was reached. We did we did make a song in studio, and it was incredibly hard, and we figured out how to make a professional radio-quality-sounding song, t- and... and like we had these plans, you know, we were going to record it. Then we were going to throw this massive concert to promote it, where we were going to film a music video at the concert. We were also going to invite our friends that were musicians, make it this big party, get it sponsored, invite industry attention. Like we did have a plan. And then that's how we were going to get, um, on, you know, maybe on, on some labels radar, on some management's radar, um, get a bunch of hope. We were hoping that we'd get a bunch of attention, maybe from blogs and stuff. Uh, we had a plan, but COVID hit. And I'm going to be honest, we were leaving things also to the deadline. Things were taking a lot longer. You know, we were still kind of just not really, I don't know, just something fell off. And when COVID hit, the offness was like accentuated, you know. Instead of, instead of him and I, rolling with the punches, we took a vacation. He went home. I, uh, I self isolated in our house and set up, you know, the video game chair and went into my, went to hit rock bottom essentially after a few months. But I mean, it, like he he hit his own kind of rock bottom uh, in a way. Just looked different. Yeah, we just. I just it, it so so realistically i'm gonna say yeah covid might have caused a realization but it wasn't without the last three years of trying that i was even in the place to understand covid or, or, or understand why we failed and fell off and almost broke up and almost everything in covid um and why, like, I hit such lows. And I, I saw a side of myself I've never, I never thought I, I didn't even know I had it really in me anymore to be such a bum. Uh, so it was, yeah, it was, it, it's a combination for sure, but I'm, I'm going to give myself the credit uh, where it's due that after eight, nine months of really struggling, um, some breakthroughs happened and some fundamental perspective shifts happened and you know the right i started looking in the right places and then you know the right answers started popping up and you know i read that book war of art i i wrote my own kind of thoughts down i talked to a few people about it and then and then i started to realize by what they were saying back that you know i was on the right train the the it's, it's like once you get a perspective, if you have a perspective that someone else has, you can communicate with them. You can like kind of like talk about it. But you can always kind of fundamentally tell when, when they don't get it. You know, you're like, oh, you know what? Uh, maybe it's not like even like your closest buddies. Like you might be talking about even entrepreneurship or what you're doing, describing it. Or they might be describing a pro- a problem to you and you, you might give them some advice. But you you find yourself kind of censoring it because you're like, you know what? That's the way I see it, but I mean from where they're sitting, maybe it just doesn't look like that and, and you you kind of reel it in but once you know and I feel like my friends that my my friends that maybe understood discipline or even you know my mentor or, or my just certain people that kind of were successful that we've already talked to or have in our lives that are already kind of achieving some um some degree of a non traditional success kind of I would always say oh you guys should do this you guys should do that and we'd say yeah we're trying that like yeah we're doing it but I bet they felt the same way because finally when I had this breakthrough I started having these very different types of conversations with, with those people where they're like now you get it <laughs> essentially they're like yeah this is it it's always been this um, and then I started to listen to podcasts differently and read books as I said that one book quite differently and. I started to look at all it's almost like it's almost like you move one domino and the rest kind of fall and I started to look at everything from the perspective of discipline and routine and process and even though I knew what all those things were before I never really understood that it wasn't a conscious thing it's not like it's not it's not what overthinkers do you know if I uh, I, I thought I knew what all that stuff was, and you know, I knew I, I had a veiled perspective on it. Uh, I could see pieces of it, but I I didn't have the right prescription glasses to really understand what I was looking at. Whereas now I know it's just like the people that make it—they just worked harder than the next guy. They just grind it. They they suffered for it. They sacrificed. They wanted it badly. They, they didn't overthink it. They embarrassed themselves. They fell on their face. And um, I just kind of ex- I had this like, it's like, you know, some people talk about, you know, when in near-death experiences, like they accept death. Or, you know, when something bad happens or traumatic, you know, there's like a, b- a few stages to change or whatever. But, you know, acceptance is a big thing. I had this like real peaceful kind of acceptance that I'm, I'm no long, I can no longer live a certain way, um, that like it almost felt like a death, uh, was like, this is going to sound, this might sound trippy again, but I, I truly had kind of a, a spiritual experience just hitting such a low for me and ending up in the same place. After three years of going out on my own from a pretty set career, um, you know, I I had a set career. I I'd done everything I needed to do to be either in finance or a commercial pilot. I, I have my commercial pilot's license, so that's what I went to school for. I got my CFAs after school, and I ran several businesses, so I could have gotten to to finance or or entrepreneurship to a degree. And uh, you know, I do some of that, but but really, I chose music and yeah so i had a bit of a spiritual experience in covid where i just accepted that it's not it's not going to be a life of comfort it's not going to be a life of you know trying one thing and making it it's not going to be a life of thinking of the perfect thing to do trying it and then oh that works it's literally going to be one foot in front of the other i don't know the answers and just Getting up earlier than than I think I can than the next person, you know, looking looking to people that have done what I want to do and just trying to work harder than that and let answers come to me through work, learn lessons through doing and really tone down the the hyper thinking and kind of be more present. And I just accepted it. I just said, You're gonna you're gonna give more to this than you ever have before. And it's going to give more back to you. And, and that's going to be the real change. Whereas before I wanted balance um, and I wanted comfort. And I thought that life design really meant, oh, I can get up when I want and I can work out when I want and I can do all this when I want. And I can do that when I want, 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 want. I can still go to social stuff. I can still play my hockey. I can still have fun times on dates. And yeah, to agree, that's true. You could do it. If you work so fucking hard and stick to a process that you're constantly chipping away and and staying on top of stuff so that you can manage a schedule, a busy schedule of making money, making music, having, yeah, sure. You're going to have to work fucking way harder if you want an extraordinary life and you're going to have to give more to it. And at some point, something's going to give. You're going to have to sacrifice somewhere, whether it's your money, your savings, you know, whether it's. You know you can only really be good at a few things and if if early days you have to make music, um, you have to expose yourself you know through through content and music and, and social media, and you have to make money, you know the, you, the list starts to kind of run well out of what you can be good at. you know it starts to run out. you can still do things, but yeah, you're not going to be an excellent social butterfly. You're not going to be able to make everything. You're not going to be at all the parties at all the, you know, the guy with the club hookups and, but that's fine. You know, I got buddies that do that stuff. That's their interest. And they'll always, you know, they'll always hold down a seat for me. And, uh, you know, maybe I won't be the best, um, or most desirable fucking, I don't know. Like, like, uh, I don't know what, like what other things I try to do that are balanced, uh, you know, maybe I maybe I can't give my all to to being a boyfriend, but I mean, it's it's really hard to it's really hard to explain what I mean. Like your relationships with your family and your friends, and not I'm not saying that they'll suffer because if you do it right, they'll see that you're giving it your all. They'll see that you are giving it your all. That you're not, you know, busy just. Because you're procrastinating, whatever, like it'll still work, but you're not going to be like, great. You're not going to be like an exceptional, you know, wow, Trav is like the one planning surprise birthdays and like fucking this and that. Um, And, you know, when it comes to my extracurriculars, like hockey, maybe I can't play in four leagues. You know, may- maybe I can't like there's 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 areas that will have to be reorganized around the priority, which is number one, my dream. Music, you know, number two, making the money to pay for it. That's this is time priorities. Obviously, the most important thing to me in life is my family and my friends and then my career. But in terms of time priority, right now, at my stage of my life, I got to make sure my time priority is, you know, music, then money, you know, then social life. And, um, yeah, so I, I don't know, like these these things, um, I used to overthink, and like, oh, I'll make a rank, and I'll make a list, and I'll do this, and i'll I've got all these tools. They're in there. I'm stopping to think about it. I made a routine out of my best guess, and I'm just kind of hammering it. And so, yeah, for the first time to sum all it up, for the first time, sitting in the same spot as I was three years ago, on January first, I'm moving into a new place, and I'm basically shedding all this baggage. All this overthought, all this bogged down, all these thoughts I, I had about, you know, motivation and, and doing things the right way. And um, I'm really excited. Uh, I actually feel like New Year, new me for the first fucking time because I'm already new. So it's uh, I'm not waiting for New Year's to change. So it's cool. And what all that kind of came from uh I was just feeling real fucking good last week. I uh I got to give a shout out to my my uh all the way back goes all the way back to high school my friend Alex Merkelami but we uh we caught up for the first time in 9 months. And uh the guy the guy flat out inspired me. Um like f- just flat out inspired me and uh basically we talked 9 months ago. And we, we, he, was, he was trying to make a decision whether he keeps working for, he was working in finance and, you know, he, he, whether he keeps working for someone or if he starts his own practice, which essentially, you know, when you're managing money, you know, you work for someone, you learn, you're working at a bank usually or for, for some senior uh, person. At some point you can go on your own and you can start your own portfolio. Some people do, some people don't and they work for, you know, it's, it's just different strokes. He was trying to figure out what to do. And I guess we had one of the chats, which I have with many of my friends, like a lot of my friends, I, because I have such a passion in, in this shit, you know, a lot of my friends that also are into it, we chat about it all the time. Uh, and we're having one of those chats and, you know, I just told him what I, what I saw from my perspective. I, I, I told him, some stuff that, you know, I thought he was a remarkable person. I thought he was in- incredibly smart, incredibly capable. I told him where I thought his talents were. Like, some of the stuff I see that just really made me uh, feel a certain way and just painted painted a picture of how I saw him through our years of being friends. And then talked about, you know, we talked about some philosophy and some of the stuff I'd learned from books. And, you know, he reads books and is big into all that shit too. And from the podcast, from talking to people. And I guess... He, well, at least this is what he described. But he said he said something clicked in that conversation, and he made the choice. I guess the next day, and never looked back. And the guy is there is no better example of a guy who just committed to a process, to discipline sacrifice man I have not talked to him in nine months he's not shown up to a single friend thing he's been living away he's, he's uh he's got his own place out of Toronto and like all this stuff is intentional like he is he has removed himself from distraction he's removed himself from you know the things that he thinks he doesn't have a grip on yet uh and you know something that he he's still trying to figure out but he put work first he said I'm just gonna figure that out right now and in nine months, the guy is got his own practice. He's managing money, and I won't I won't go into specifics because these are his details. But um, I just wanted to like it. Just it really inspired me. And you guys don't understand what what kind of grind that is to to start fresh. You have basically the your knowledge and the name backing you. You know whatever bank you work for, but you cannot go to old clients. You cannot go to friends and family because at least the the level of money he was trying to manage is um, the minimum investments is more than I could give or you know most friends and family could. And uh, you got a cold call for months and months and sell people to give you a large sum of their hard-earned money to a 28-year-old kid or a 27-year-old kid. It's a grind, and you don't do that. You don't succeed if, if you don't have a process in a discipline in a routine, unlike anybody else, um, you know, and so big ups, uh, we had chats about that and how, you know, he's setting targets and he's just sticking to it. And I, and I told him, you know, my, you know, obviously that, I, that it fired me up and it really inspired me because I actually funnily enough, cause he, he said that, you know, our chat was a stepping stone for him, but I told him how I feel like I'm right now where he was nine months ago. Just a beginner, an absolute beginner. I have all my experience, you know, but this is the first time where I, I, I'm, I'm going to start that grind, that, like, give it your all for success. And um, it was just really cool. And, you know, I talked about how, you know, my my situation looks different, and I had some questions for him. You know, what do I, what do I do when I – a part of my success – is being social you can't be a basement dwelling rock star you know like he can lock himself for nine months away and just work and come out and then you know start managing and getting you know he hasn't let his friendships dry up right? like uh, he's still we still chatted like we're all friends and if he ever you know I, I know that he's working on his stuff and once he kind of gets a grip on his career I'm hoping and he's hoping too to also manage his relationships and, and start to bring a balance into his life. But for me, um, yeah, I, I was just asking his opinions on discipline for my situation when I have to be on social media to a degree. I have to be social to a degree, um, in the scene to a degree. And I also, the way I am set up for my, he- my personal mental health and happiness, I need my relationships with friends, family, I I I need these things to be strong. Um so yeah, we just kind of talked it through and and I was I just felt so I felt so fortunate uh because I've had a, you know with him specifically I'm giving him a shout out because I thought I just wanted to give him a shout out because that's remarkable but um my friend Spencer reached out, out of the blue and you know I, I I talked about where I'm at and you know he was asking how I'm doing I told him you know how I've basically what I just told you because he just, you know, uh, wanted to wanted to get the catch up, and he just said how, you know, we connected on this on this uh, concept. I I sent him the War of Art too, and I said that's I said if you want to get a gist of kind of what I'm feeling, like that's that's what I'm applying. And uh, he said, like he said, it fucking was one of the, one of the he said it's one of the best things he could have read at his specific time too because. He is someone who's got a lot of process, a lot of energy to just do things. He's a, he's he's not a sit down and think. He's a do because if he if he sits with his thoughts, he he says he goes a little nuts. Um, so he's got that energy to do, but uh, you know sometimes it takes a little bit of that structure or that 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 design to really put that to use. And and you know, I was talking to Eli. Uh, Eli Brown. And so Spencer, uh, withers and Eli Brown have both been on the podcast. If you wanna scroll back for their episodes, what they do. Both both uh, you know, Spencer's a lawyer. Um Eli runs his own uh clothing company. And I was talking to Eli and he is all he is the poster boy for just fucking like, like the Nike shoe dog, like just get in there. He got to <laughs> start working. His, his clothing company went from like what a mom would make out of her garage to on all these celebrities this last year because he started and he just kept his nose to the grindstone for as long as I've been doing this podcast for more, maybe five years. And he embarrassed himself. He put he he pestered people. He sold. He he made iterations of clothing. And all oh, the whole time, he said, "I know it's." He said, "It's just getting better. Don't worry." He's like, "I know that's this, and this is that." And he would he was not afraid to reach out to connections to ask for for anything. He wasn't worried about making mistakes. He just worked at it nonstop, and people would would give him shit. You know, people would say, you know, you know it's, he's just in, you know, this, this store and that. And then the next year he'd be in like the bay. And then or they'd be like, oh, he's not in all the bays or like I, whatever. Like it's, it, you know, it's, um, then these are, these are not like his close friends saying this, but this is like, just like general chatter. You, you'd, you'd hear about him. And I, and I talk to him cause we talk often and you know, he would, it would, it was always the same thing. Every day for the last five years, what are you doing? I'm going to the factory, I'm going to the office, I'm working late, I'm working on this. And when I talked to him today, when I saw him today, it's the same thing. The guy just has done the same thing. Getting up early, going to bed late, working on weekends, sacrificing. And this year he got on a a lawn, just he, he hit that kind of breakthrough where, oh, yeah, I'm getting into a few big stores or, oh, maybe I, I got featured in this one cool magazine like Oprah Magazine or... You know, this one celebrity like tagged me in their thing to to like this, just this past six months, I feel like he's got on like a bachelor guy, like the actor from Stranger Things, this huge uh, female influencer, custom lines, millions of people coming to his brand uh, in traffic, just like, and he's doing the, and, and partnerships, He when COVID hit, and he and he saw like, you know, a bit of a, a a weird time. He kept his nose down, and he partnered to start a manufacturing mask. So I got to give him a shout out. And I was just like looking around, and I I was looking at all my other friends, and I just felt real fortunate. Like and I only brought those guys up because they've been on the pod, and um, I've had recent conversations with them. But you know. Giving like my close boys the shout because they're they're always you know kind of on this wave and and I just felt super fortunate and I was really reflecting on this last year. Um, I felt satisfied. I felt I felt good and blessed. And it's um, how could you be upset? You know what I mean? Like I I, I was thinking oh, I'm in the same place and. You know, I haven't quite hit those strides, but you know what? If if just being surrounded by good people is uh, is an accomplishment, then you know, yeah, I, I was just psyched about it, and I was just happy to have them have them around because I'm I'm uh, I'm going to enter that world myself, and hopefully, I could be that friend to. You know, the, the people that are, are coming down the same path after me and the listeners out there as well. I'm just psyched up. I'm just psyched up. I had I had some things I wanted to talk about too. Uh, I'll get into it. How long have I been talking about? Let me check the timer here. So I get in a trance. Like that was 35 minutes. For me, it felt like 10 minutes. I, I, I actually black out like old school when he's doing the, the debate. I get in like a flow state when I start. Talking about stuff There's I There's no prep for that There's no like I had no notes For those monologues And I often don't But uh Yeah Let me Let me uh Let me get into What I was talking about Yeah The uh The outs, The boys My friends You know e- Even like the guys Who I haven't seen in a while Um It's nice Like you, you It feels like you, It feels like you No time has passed When you talk to them And it's like The sign of just Great friendships i got I got so many of those and uh, fuck, I just can't wait to um I can't wait to figure myself out <laughs> and have a bit of a stable lifestyle um with my career so that I can start you know, streamlining music and money so that I can start to be, you know, I said you' only be good at a few things. I'd love to be really great at music be really great at health and, and taking care of myself and then be, be good at uh, um, my relationships. And I'd, I just can't wait to be the guy who, especially if I can get to where I want to in music to just bring everyone together through that, you know, at shows and concerts and, you know, having the money to organize things that people that maybe are working the more traditional jobs, they don't have the flexibility or the, the time to bring together and just use it as a way to appreciate just the the surroundings around me. I'm, uh, that's a big dream for me. That'd be cool. But, uh, yeah, so I was thinking, I was thinking back and I was reflecting on my businesses and the stuff I've done. And I realized that I've just been, (laughs) I've just been following the same roadmap, um, that I learned through past experiences that happened to me working under people and, uh, you know, working through my health and stuff that you know, getting my degree and stuff. I, I learned things, obviously. And, and then I just applied that roadmap for like the last two years and really never deviated. And it got me to the exact same place. So uh, I'm just excited to start on a new path and without not really a roadmap, but more of a, a how to guide to just put your fucking foot in front of the other and just keep trucking no matter what and i also realize i say i keep keep trucking all the time as i edit back i hear it all the fucking time might have to make merch um and yeah i'm really pumped about this vacation i'm about to take uh you know some time off for christmas off this routine where i'm like getting up at 6 a.m and and i may still get up early and i may still do that but i gotta make a bit of a a vacation version of discipline so i'm excited to try some stuff um i'm just gonna do what i did with this routine and make my best guess at the best way to spend my time up there. Cause I still have a lot of work I need to get done, but I also still want to ha- be a balanced person that when I'm with my family and, and on vacation that, yeah, I still do that little bit above and beyond to solidify my status as someone that gives that grinds for what he wants, but, uh, can still, take uh take time with family and take time off and i also don't want to fuck off ever really like my time off i want to be cooking i want to be working on my my you know dirt bikes or building something or you know playing a uh board game or chess or a puzzle like i i think fucking off is great and there is a time and place for it but I, it's no way i want to live my life um so i'm really pumped to you know, see what, see what new me, new perspective and a little bit of discipline and a splash of motivation has in store for my vacation. That kind of rond. Um, yeah, what, uh, what next? Oh, okay. I, I heard something real cool. You know, I got dumped in COVID and this might come as a shock, but I actually get dumped a fair amount now these days. Uh, more because it's, it, it is somewhat mutual and this one wasn't, um, and I, t- I already talked about it in a whole episode, but, and, and I'm not like the other ones are more, more a dumping because of the timing, but mutual in, in like their sentiment. But yeah, like the, I, I haven't really figured out what. I want from a relationship yet. All I know is I'm slow. Um, feelings don't come easy. You know, I work at it and I, I I do give it a shot. But before in the last before COVID, last three years, you know, as much as I rag on how I was living, I was a really busy person. I was I was my schedules were always full, morning to night. Like from the minute I got up to the, when I get to when I got to bed. And yeah, it made it made dating difficult. But I also you know, would date people and would kind of really blame myself when the feelings wouldn't come as quick. And I mean, girls, I think they feel in a different way. And when they're attracted to a guy, like that's like a form of feelings. Whereas I can be really attracted to, to girls and that can be completely separate from feelings and, you know, even physical relationships. So I think that's why girls, you know, I feel guilty that I get in these relationships and um, I I always feel like kind of like an anchor in it, not not the sail, not the the thing driving it forward. And you know the amount of time I I give to it, it always it always ends up and in the in the honesty I have throughout, which is that you know I, I'm honest all time. If I'm not if I'm having a hard time feeling and it's or I'm I'm busy and I'm just saying you know my priorities are at whack and I I don't really know the answers, but you know at the moment I'm enjoying dating and. I I do like you and I'm liking you more and more and I still want to keep dating. But, you know, these, these are my, this is my kind of situation. And the girls are usually always super appreciative of the honesty. And it's not that we have a bad time. It's not this like clinical thing. But at some point with that amount of honesty, they're able to come to conclusions sooner, which is, hey, you know what? This isn't, I don't think this is the, this is the one, this isn't the relationship. And usually the conversation is similar. It's like, I, I'm having a great time too, but I need to open myself up to someone who's ready to give more is usually what it is. And I say, that's, you know, that is exactly how I want to end a relationship is, um, is that, and it's, it's like, there's big respect in it and there's stuff like that and, you know, I go back on my way, and I, I I don't know the answers, so I just keep. I know I, I know I like dating, and I want to keep uh, trying to fucking get get those feelings going. So I'm not just gonna uh, go into my my zone. And I just wonder, and I I always like re- reference that like a huge part of my kind of desires to be an extraordinary person is to an attract is to attract uh, to attract an extraordinary person. And the way I see myself, and I'm sure everyone's the same way, is like, I am a realist, so I kind of have an idea of where I'm at, but then the way I see myself on the inside is like a absolute 10 out of 10. Like, I think I'm so special, because my mom always told me that growing up, and it's made an incredible confidence. <laughs> but I'm realistic. I know that everyone thinks they're special, and I'm... But I also don't stop myself from letting myself believe it because there's a lot of good that comes from making yourself the main character in your your life and and believing that you are these things. Because someone's got to believe it, especially if you're gonna ever be special. Um I see myself that way and I uh you know, my mom is uh an absolute like one of a kind person and I think it sewered me because I'm looking for like this un- what I think is like an unattainable standard, um, unless uh, you know, unless I can attract that. And I heard, I heard something cool the other day. Basically, this guy was saying, think about you know, think about everything you want in this ideal person. Write it all down. Make the list all the things that you'd want in this I'm, um, a, a person you think may not exist, but write it all down. Imagine it. And then take the person on that paper and ask yourself if she would be attracted to you as you are right now. <laughs> and yeah, it made me, I don't know, made me kind of feel, yeah, it's not that weird of a thought what I'm doing that a big part of my a big part of my motivation for success is enjoying life. And that doesn't just mean solo enjoying the fruits of labor. It means like attracting an unreal people. Um, so yeah, I thought that was cool. And then right after, and I didn't do the exercise cause I just know I have to work on myself. And I, to be honest, I thought about what he said about the ideal person and then this other thought popped in my head, which is like, I can't even think of that ideal person. I I don't know what they look like. I don't know what, like my gold standard is for attra- of attractiveness or smarts or humor. And I was just, th- this is what, this is what got me is I was thinking if someone told, and I wanted to know if like, if everyone else is the same way as me, but if someone told you to think of like, the perfect person could you do it could you picture it maybe you're already with them Um, maybe maybe they're the one that got away and like you've been looking for someone like that ever ever since but do you have like does everyone have top of mind an image of the most attractive person they know or the coolest girl or the the best total package or a celebrity or, or even like a fake image of like what they want to attract and am I like Is it this? Is maybe that why I don't find that person because I don't even know what I'm looking for? Um, yeah, I didn't know. That was just a thought that popped in my head after I heard that. Uh, I thought that was cool. Um, more updates on other things I talked in previous episodes. I talked about the Jay Alvarez sex tape a couple episodes back, and I didn't know any deets on it, but I made some speculations. You know, everyone believes that he put it out himself. Everyone kind of called the girl in it, like Russian model. Like I didn't know her name. I didn't know any details about it. She, I saw a clip of her talking about it. She said it was filmed four years ago. She said they were dating. She said he was trying to get her to do a sex tape for a while. And she finally agreed to it. Her friend filmed it on his cameras. I don't know who edited it, but she said the weirdest part was that after they broke up, he like threatened To release it a bunch. And then it just came out now. So she thinks that he released it. Um, That's all I got from her. I didn't look too much into it. Because. I actually don't know if I believe her either. Because the last girl. He had a big public falling out with. His first big girlfriend. There was like allegations of blackmail. And she looked fucking crazy too. And he looked like he could easily be a psychopath, just like, I don't know, I got that vibe. She was the one that tweeted that he had a tiny wiener, and, it you know, if this video is, you know, his ex, it, 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 the girl from the video didn't say that that was a lie, so, the OG girl lied about that, so it makes you think, you know, what else, you know, was she lying about the blackmail, or, you know, if she's, if she's not afraid to just put a blatant, big, like, bold character or a bold lie about something that's like pretty provable. <laughs> um, yeah. So then now I'm like, okay, this Russian girl could say that, but you know, who who knows the truth. And uh, then I also realized I all, I don't give a one single fuck what the truth is. I just am entertained by the, by the story of it. Um, and then another thing I talked about, I don't know if it was that same episode with the Jay Alvarez sex tape, but was uh, people body shaming rebel Wilson for getting in shape. And how that they did it to uh, Adele before. And then on Joe Rogan recently, they talked about how Lizzo started going on a health kick. And how she's getting backlash for it. And uh, it's funny because Joe Rogan went on kind of like a similar tangent uh, to the one I went on about Rebel Wilson. About how like fucking absurd it is that people get on her case about she's morbidly obese. Like there's no, that's not, it's not uh, insulting to say like she is, she would have health problems probably if she continued on at her size. It's not saying that she isn't beautiful or that, that guys wouldn't love tapping all lizzo has got to offer. But yeah, she's pro- like, she's at her size. She would need to focus on her health if she wants to, um, you know, live, live long to enjoy her nice career. And people are really upset because she was such a big is beautiful advocate and it's just a sick joke big is fine big is beautiful but it's not healthy just like like if uh you know it's like if um if you have depression or bipolarism you know you you want people to accept it and you want to be you know you that to be totally acceptable and, and beautiful in its own way but it doesn't mean it's the healthiest thing for your brain or your body. Like you have to manage it. You have to, you know, if it, whether it's pills for bipolar if you're if you need that, or for depression if it's pills, or if it's, you know, lifestyle change. Like it's it's still something. Like they're both are true. Um, and uh, it, sorry, it wasn't Andrew Santino. It was Andrew Schultz. I was on the Joe Rogan podcast, and he made a good point that the problem really isn't that her fans are getting on her case for her becoming healthy but it's more that i don't know if this was a case for rebel which i think it was um more so than adele and it definitely was a case for lizzo but she took and rode the body positivity wave and got a lot of support from that and you know that's if you're gonna kind of ride a wave like that and this is what she, and, and or andrew schultz was saying is like if you're going to ride a wave like that you know you have to get ready for when that wave eventually crashes you know um you ride it for take it for what what it is it's a wave hop on it but you know you you, you have to understand that when you pander to a special interest group that happens to be you know obesity and and body positivity um that you're going to piss them off if you, if you're then starting to promote health, uh, and and uh, you know you haven't pissed off the body positivity crowd that still is okay with healthy bodies too, but you pissed off, um, you know, a special interest group of people that just have no tolerance for, you know they 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 were your fans because more of your special interest than, you know your actual. Than you as a person, and Andrew Schultz said um, that he it's more work. You know, you can ride waves and you can use it, but it's a lot more work to authentically. And I'm not saying Lizzo wasn't being authentic, but a lot of people out there, and especially people that like do like the whole Twitter like virtue signaling or the celebrities that like pander really hard to these, um, whatever trend is happening out there that they're just like absolutely cucks for these special interest groups to try to ride the wave, to try to build a fan base that those people eventually get fucking eaten alive by it. Because, um, if it's not true to who they are, they'll eventually slip and fall. And, um, like Joe Rogan was talking about how the, the mayor of LA, you know, got elected and his whole thing was like trying to please the progressive, really progressive liberal uh group that calls for all these crazy you know like defund the police and um you know vaccinate or t- i don't know turn babies gay i don't know what they're i don't know the the progressive left that well um and uh he pandered it to them but and you know it just showed recently like him and the governor are massive like hypocrites and you know they're, they're forcing all these extreme mandates for masks and stuff but they you know <laughs> the governor got caught indoors without a mask at a big large group and gavin newsom the uh the actual mayor um is getting protested now by the same groups he tried to pander to um because he's not fixing the homeless or like he's not progressive enough and you eventually get eaten up alive um where schultz was like i if you can take the time to build people that fuck with you and not just fuck with you because you're you fuck with the wave um then you can it might take more time and it's more work, but then you know you can kind of do whatever you want and and your fans stay with you when you change um, I thought it was an interesting point for someone like me who's I do often think about you know doing what I want or being authentic to myself versus you know maybe riding a wave like. It. Something I think is tacky on TikTok, or it's not that I would fundamentally change really, but I, I also don't really show too too much um especially my music, you know, my beliefs. Uh I don't know. So I just it gave me some food for thought. I thought that was I thought that was cool. But also like people gotta fucking chill out on that uh on pandering to like a, a group of f- no life Twitter people. Um I can't wait till can't wait till things come out that are competitive to Twitter or Facebook or or competitive at least to radical like weird uh, cancel culture, um, just to balance it out. I'd love to see what the what the alternative is, and I'm hoping it's not just like alternatively super right wing. I hope it's like kind of center because I think we've had the right wing before. I think you know the U.S. has been very right wing, and then the hippies onwards and the civil rights movements on until now has been getting more and more progressive. And I think, uh, it'd be cool to, to see what like a centralist, um, a central solution is to, to, to pleasing, um, uh, everybody. But, uh, yeah, anyway, I don't know. I'm not political. Uh, but I, I did, um, I did think about, that Jay Alvarez video a little bit more. And I, I was thinking like, and I heard someone talk about this, the, the, the comments on the Jay Alvarez video, except for a few people that were like, you know, like myself that saw it. And the comments were like, so many people being like, holy shit. Like that was so sexy. And, I wish my sex was like that, and you know, there was oil, and he was going down on her, and, you know, pfft, pfft, it, it looked like he loved her, and I, I'm not even boosting, like, I, lo- I saw the video, and I was like, other than them being smoking hot, this was not a, it was, this was a, a, a normal sex, if you, if you at least care the slightest about, about sex. Like, other than over dramaticizing, you know, when he like goes down or like like holding sexier positions because there's a camera filming you, they didn't do anything crazy. Um, the only thing that was crazy is they, they used coconut oil and they put it in the hotel kettle to heat it up. And I was like, oh, I was like, that's fucking crazy. I was like, you probably ruined that kettle and it's probably all over the sheets. Like, I, I'm sure there's, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm saying it's probably, probably, the effect is real sexual and cool, but you know, maybe, uh, maybe a, a more sustainable way to do it than just fucking your shit up. Um, but uh, yeah, other than the oil really, which is like, again, you can just get, get you know, it's a sex shop and get some, get some oil, um, or use coconut oil if, if it's hotter. And, uh, I mean, my coconut oil is liquid at room temperature. I don't know why I threw that, that bitch in a kettle. I guess, uh, I don't know. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, I mean, there's some, uh, there's some basic things that some girls could, that you throw in there, like, you know, go, like going down and even mm-hmm. vibrators or I don't know. It's weird to talk about. I'm not like, a, I'm not like an a openly sexual person. So I actually feel quite weird saying that stuff. Uh, unless I'm with the lads, in which case it's graphic details, everything you need to know. Um, and uh, it didn't look that spectacular, uh, and it made me also wonder who who really is to blame for bad sex. Because every person I saw in the comments, the the vast majority, overwhelmingly, blamed men. All these girls were like, "No, I wish guys would do this to me. No guys ever done this. Guys are um, so bad at sex, and like they're like it started like this, like all oh, these jackhammer, like they bust quickly, like all this." critiquing guys and it made me think of this comedian. I wish I could remember what comedian it was, uh, that was ripping on women for just thinking that they're good at sex. And, um, it made me think like, yeah, are girls good at sex? Because a lot of girls think they're good at sex because guys get off every time that they have sex with them a light gust can get guys off like if if you gave guys a, a sandpaper blow- up doll and they tried hard enough they could probably get off it's no that's no just because they're busting quick really has nothing to do with the girl uh it's got everything to do with the guy and sure if she's better looking or if it's hotter i think it can have an effect on it but um sure but i mean for the most part if 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 girls are are thinking and what the comedian's joke was is that Who's really bad at sex? Like, is it the person who thinks that they're just the best because they were born with it? Or like the person that like works on something? And um, I think a lot of girls are equally to blame as guys because guys, yeah, the pressure's on them to take the lead in the bedroom. But I had to break it to you girls, but you're all different. Guys are very, other than their personal like fetishes, they're very push push button like they're It's a, a real simple formula. I, I I bet you, you give me. I, I bet you, I could get off ninety nine percent of the male population. You know what I mean? Like, it's not it's not rocket science. Whereas, just from my my limited experience, is like girls are. There is, the, I mean, some are alike in some ways, but it's it's uh it's really a personal thing and yeah there's some general good practices there's some general you know areas that that kind of are the the right place to be at but you know how hard how soft like all this all this stuff tempo timing a- angles like emotional connection uh f- like foreplay like it's it's really a, a much more complicated thing and yeah as a guy it really benefits that I've, I've, I took an interest in it. Um, but like most of the time without the girl's help, I really like things didn't really click until a girl was like, until I showed that I was, I was interested and the girl would be like this, not that. Or like, that's for me. And like, Oh, like so maybe some girls like that, but I like this. And through time I figured out and I like, yo girls get better at sex if you want better sex. Guys are extremely down to, to just, like, fucking tell them what you like. The, the, it'll be such a weight off their shoulder. And don't listen to Call Her Daddy. Those girls are fucking idiots. They're, they're literal sluts. Like, if you want to be slutty and, and hot like that, cool, yeah, Luck, luck, nine thousand dudes after the bar, and have them tell their buddies how oh, you give great head. If you want just to have a good, the good sex with the regular dude, like those girls terrify me. The call daddy girls like terrify me. Uh, they just talk about cheating on guys and like doing anal and like in in a pornographic way. Cool, that's exciting. Not what you really not not the most exciting for a girlfriend to be cheating on you i mean hey no, i don't know that's uh <laughs> you know that's uh that's a scary place in itself but but not in itself a bad thing like cheating um gluck luck's great too but the, the 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 just knowing what you want is better than all of that and just like kind of being good at it yourself, guys are extremely pliable. And unless that guy doesn't give a fuck, which in, this, in that case, you can say, oh, this guy's just bad at sex. Like he actually doesn't give a fuck. And he, I told him everything and he's just doing his thing. He's just selfish. And then you can be like, oh, guys are bad at sex or that guy's bad at sex. But yeah, it made me think, um, if you haven't worked at it and you think you're just naturally good at it, you're probably not guys tell you they are you are because they probably aren't either and uh, to be honest sex is like pizza for guys blowjobs like pizza for guys like it's always good <laughs> even bad pizza you'd be like "Ah, oh, it was bad pizza but it's still better than not pizza you know um i just thought i'd you know end the podcast on a nice a nice little tip from trav the the the, the sexpert the lo- your local sexpert um Final note, sign off. I just want to give a shout out to Korean people. I think I think Koreans have an exceptional culture, and that is just from personal experience. so if you if you have, if you disagree, you got to let me know because to be honest, and I only say this because one of my buddies I went to piloting schools is, is Korean and the one of the guys i lived with in school is korean and they have they have a similar thing and their friends that are korean they have a similar thing like they all they all they all are into different stuff and their personalities are quite different but they have a similar thing about their core cultures and like just kind of how they treat people and how they treat work and how they treat it's like this like positivity it's this uh, i don't know there's something about korean people where i just think that that they are doing it right and I was look at my buddy who I went to school with and how he's living and I just remember how nice of a guy he was and how nice of a guy my roommate was and I saw a video of um like just like a, it was like a Korean politician and like just the Korean people and how they kind of treat each other and it just clicked for me I was like that is a great culture Um, I want to learn a bit more about it so Take a moment to appreciate when, when people are doing it right. I think Canadians have a great culture too. Uh, right. I think about that all the time when I go around Toronto, all the different areas, how just culturally I'm really pumped. Um, except for GTA 6 God culture, that can absolutely eat a bag of dicks. Um, but it's still fun. It's still kind of it's still kind of nice to watch, but it, it, like if do she like GTA six, God shit, unless you're a nice guy about it and you use it for humor, uh, that is the most annoying thing out there. But, uh, yeah, shout out Koreans. Um, and, uh, yeah, on that note, probably one more episode before the end of, yeah, one more episode before the end of the year. I probably should have saved the recap for then, but fuck it. I do things my own way. So pumped for the new year. I hope you're still enjoying the content. I don't know what I'm going to change about the podcast yet, but, uh, I mean, the change is going to come. I got a studio coming and I, I, you know, I've had some ideas. I got to see what Rob wants to do once we move in together. And, uh, I'm just feeling, I'm feeling good. Let's, uh, let's have happy holidays and take a little extra time to appreciate what you got. And if you, if you feel like you don't got a lot to appreciate, um, maybe it's time to, uh, Set a couple resolutions to build that because it is something that uh, that can be found. So, give back if you can. Give give good gifts. Help someone out. Maybe maybe uh, that one person that always asks for change at the particular corner. Uh, maybe spread a little holiday cheer to them too if you can. And uh, have a good have a good Christmas, New Year's, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Um, Oh, I know. <laughs> and we'll see you next Thursday. Flying high like the birds and the bees. Feel the sky with the songs and the trees. Cause we're buzzing, buzzing, and we're humming, humming, and we're loving, loving all day. Hey, hey, hey. Flying high like the birds and the bees. And we feel the life while we float with the breeze. goes we we're buzzing, buzzing, and we're humming, humming, and we're loving, loving all day. Hey, 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 hey. You're my honey, and I saw my tree. Like some bumblebees And I know you're coming back to me